Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads, episode 39 of Lane Grant Hoyland's College Basketball Podcast. My name is Connor Lamans, and I'm here with Justin Golba after a four-week hiatus. I was a little under the weather, I apologize, so uh, I was on the uh, the 15-day IL there for a little bit. Yeah, you know, we just got to get healthy and get back at it. You know, we're all good now, we're back into it. Uh, college uh, college basketball is ramping up. Just kidding. It's June 8th. College basketball is in its literal deadest of modes, but we still have some fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, so if my voice uh, if my voice starts dying out or cracking out a little bit here, uh, bear with me. Um, I did not get COVID. I did not get the grip. I have still avoided it, but I was, uh, I was pretty fucked up for a couple weeks, so there wasn't going to be a uh, postponement of that episode we just had to cancel two weeks ago but anyway we've got uh, we had a a couple mailbag questions people threw in Um, we have some tbt news Um, we're gonna play a fun little game about the transfer portal and all of the players that are still in the transfer portal i believe there's about 800 division one basketball players still in the portal Um, and most rosters are like pretty set by now um, and then we have a little NBA draft news. So, or maybe not news, but we'll talk a little bit about the Ohio State players that are, are potentially going to be first rounders in the draft in a few weeks. So, first of all, uh, Justin, news this week uh, Carmen's crew, for the first time in six years, will not be participating in TBT. No, uh, we will not get a Carmen's crew team this year. They will not get to avenge their late loss uh, last summer. Jared Sullinger released a statement kind of through the Carmen's crew. I think actually through his Twitter accounts, then Carmen's crew released it. Uh, it says, Carmen crew fans were disappointed to share that we will be unable to compete in TBT this summer. Since 2017, we've greatly enjoyed the opportunity to get back together and represent the Ohio State University. And we look forward to doing it again in 2023. We hope that all of our fans will continue to support TBT at their events in Cincinnati, Dayton, and around the country this summer. So it seems like they're maybe going through a little bit of a roster overhaul. I know after last year, Aaron Kraft and Diebler announced they were done with uh, with TBT. I think David Lighty might have alluded to it as well, that he might be done. Um, and then also William Buford, I think he was a little bit shaky. So, you know, they've had the same teams, pretty much the same, at least core guys since 2017. Uh, but those guys are getting older, let's be honest. They're all in their 30s now. Aaron Kraft is a, trying to become a doctor. All of these guys have kids and whatnot, so... You know they're they're starting kind of new phases of their lives as well. So um, I, th- I think they might try be going out looking for some younger, maybe Ohio State alumni, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Kind of it'll be interesting to see what the team looks like when they come back in twenty twenty three. But um, we will not get a team this year. But it is nice that in the statement they did say we will be back in twenty twenty three. And also I want to point out, do please still support TBT. It's a great program, great cause. A lot of great teams with great causes. 
Connor is one of Sideline Cancer's biggest fans. Um, so, you know, just look it up. Look up a cause you support. Pick a team and support them throughout this 2022 with No Carmen's Crew. Yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome event. If you're in uh, the Dayton area, if you're in, I think Cincinnati has a regional too. If you're in the Dayton or Cincinnati area, um, definitely try to go to a couple of TBT games. They're, they're a totally different energy. Justin, I don't know if you've ever been to a TBT game because um, I know they've been in Columbus a few times, but I don't think they've been in Northeast Ohio. They're so much fun, the energy in the room um, when they get like the, the Elam ending tacked up on the board and you know, basically you're just at that point playing like street ball to get to a target score. Um, it's a lot of fun. There's still a couple Ohio teams in it, the Dayton team. Um, the uh, Cincinnati has a team again, right? I believe so. I'm not positive. They haven't, they, they're, they're, has, they're, not, they're not quite done announcing all the teams and whatnot. And then Xavier has like zip them up, but um, it's a really, really fun cause. It's a really fun tournament. A lot of these teams are alumni teams. Um, and then a lot of these teams um, raise like are going to be donating part of their winnings to a cause. So you, you know, you mentioned sideline cancer. Um, there's also like the team that raises money for ALS. Um, there's a lot of really good teams that are really good causes. So definitely still pay attention to TBT. Um, but I, I think that we might lose Carmen's crew altogether if we don't get some of probably like the early Holtman players, if they don't kind of step up and start taking over that roster, um, we may not see a, another Carmen's crew team because like you said, those guys that played last summer are like in their early to mid thirties now, like they're, they're done. Like that roster is, is, is done. Yeah. And we talked about a little bit earlier, you know, this, the, that, te- those guys have like, the mid Thad Mata era, not the early, not really the late, maybe the early a little bit, but not really the late guys, but like the middle of like William Buford, John Diebler, um, you know, Aaron Kraft, Sullinger, however, you know, all those guys, David Lighty, they have that kind of special place of nostalgia in Ohio State fans' hearts. It's kind of like Toby Maguire, Spider Man. Um, you know, people will just always love it no matter what. So I think. Those guys, I don't know if Car- if they go to the younger guys of, let's say, like a Cam Williams or a CJ Jackson, CJ Wall. There's nothing wrong with those guys, but they're not going to have the same, I think, energy and kind of, the, like I said, the nostalgia factor that comes with that other team that, you know, people who grew kind of not grew up, but people remember watching those teams and remember how fun it was to see those teams go like 32 and four. And, um, and they just always had a kind of a fun, even when they, you know, those teams, for the most part, I could argue pretty much underachieved, but they were still fun to watch. So, um, you know, it, it, was, it was always kind of an, it's going to be interesting to see kind of, I think the fan support will still be there, but I don't think it'll quite be what it was with um, the original, the OG guys. Yeah. I mean, those were like really successful teams and Ohio State hasn't had teams that were that successful in the past decade. They haven't had players that people will, remember for being uh you know sweet 16 players or elite eight players or final four players because they haven't had a sweet 16 in a decade so um it'll be interesting like you said i'm sure that there will probably still be a team i'm thinking guys like like you said like cam williams the wesson brothers um maybe like a like cj walker potentially um but they don't have the same rep 
or like love from Ohio State fans, unfortunately, as as some of those guys from like the early 2010s that, you know, so many people grew to love. So it'll be interesting. And it'll also be interesting to see if maybe it'll end up being like a blended team of the two. Like David Lighty never said he was done playing in TBT. William Buford never said he was done playing in TBT. Neither did Lenzel Smith. Um, so because you have a team that's like a couple of those guys, plus like Keyshawn Woods, Caleb Wesson, maybe like Jimmy Sotos next year. I don't know. I would be surprised if they had that kind of blended team, but maybe. Yeah, and also to clarify, the underachieving I was talking about was just the two teams that were one seeds, a loss in the Sweet 16. But they were still obviously fun teams because they were one seeds. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Lighty, Lighty's like oddly old. Like I think people forget – Unless I'm mistaken here, he, he was he he was on the 2006 national championship team, right? He's a freshman. He was in that Greg Oden, Mike Conley class. He just well, he redshirted, but it says he was at a he said he got to Ohio State in 2006, which means Lighty's at least let me look, Lighty's 34. So like, <laughs> and he turns he just turned 34. So like. These guys are that. That's getting up there. I think people forget how old some of these guys actually are. Lighty's older than Diebler, which is surprising to me. But so I, you know, it, it. I don't know that they'll come back. I hope they do. Lighty's probably a guy who'll play basketball. He'll probably hoop till he's sixty. I mean, it just feels like that. But um, you know, I think you can pretty much definitely rule out like a Jeff Gibbs, who's forty-seven years old at this point. Um, you can probably definitely rule out maybe like an Evan Rab. Well, no, Evan Rabinow's a little bit younger, so I don't know. We'll see. It'll be in our, it'll it'll be fun to see this lineup come to fruition. It's cool also because it seems like Sullinger is going to stay with the team no matter what and coach. So you always have that kind of nostalgia at least of a Sullinger with it. Yeah, and I, the thing that's weird is like, or maybe weird not the right word. It's like the only player, it's like the players that made up that like really fun championship team were pretty much all guys that were like. They most of them either were drafted and never made it to the NBA or like had a real quick cup of coffee in the NBA. Like not only were they um, fan favorites, but they were really good basketball players. Like they were all either NBA draftees or very close to being in the NBA. Like Diebler, Buford, um, like Costa Kufis played. Um, The only guys that have like the younger guys since then that have made it to the NBA or had a cup of coffee there's a few of them from Holtman that are like still in the league. So like Katie Bates, Diop, uh, Jay Sean Tate. Um, and then you have like a couple guys that were like G leaguers. So you have like Caleb Wesson basically, but there's not as many high quality players. Like if, if Katie Bates, Diop burnt out in the NBA and then went and played for Carmen's crew, like that would be a big deal. But like, I don't know if like Cam Williams, and CJ Jackson is going to bring the same excitement. Like there hasn't been borderline NBA players that at this point are ready to play in TBT. Well, and I think that goes maybe when this will probably be a conversation, maybe a conversation for a different time, but I think that plays us into like the transfer thing, right? CJ Jackson, CJ Walker were transfers into Ohio state while those other guys, the OGs on the Carmen's crew, all those guys were four or five years at Ohio state. So you know, they had more time to kind of be those household names, if that makes sense. I think, like you said, like if Jay Sean Tate were to play, you would have that same nostalgia factor because Ohio State fans love Jay Sean Tate. So um, hopefully he doesn't because I hope he has a great long career in the NBA. But 
you know, you, that my point is just I think a lot of those guys. It'll be interesting to see even guys who just graduated. You know, I mean, we still have a year uh, before they put together a team. So, it, like, you know, I, I we'll see. Like you said, you know, guys like Jimmy Sotos are playing in TBT. They're just not playing for Carmen's crew. Um, a lot of got Andrew Dockage is coached. I think I think he coaches Big X. Big X is like an Ohio State, Michigan kind of team. Um, so we'll see. It, I, I'm, I, I love TBT. It's super fun. So I hope they do come back because it is fun to really gear your horse to a team and, and really watch it. Um, to jump to a different uh, – jump to jump ship here to something else. I know you're a Cavs fan. I'm not a Cavs fan. I have not watched a single minute of NBA this season, and the finals are going on. Yeah, I'm but, currently wa- I'm currently watching the Celtics Warriors. Jason Jason you, Tatum um, just got hurt, so pay attention. Are you holding that hope that the Cavaliers are going to take Brandon at fourteen? I absolutely. If I had to have a mock draft, I the Cavaliers are taking Brandon at fourteen. It's exactly what they need. the The Cavs really only have two picks, in my opinion, maybe three, and it's Branham, it's O'Shea Abaji. I think he'd be a perfect fit as well, and then maybe if he falls. A Johnny Davis, but I don't think Johnny Davis will fall to 14. He's looking like he's pretty much a top seven, eight kind of lock. Um, but yeah, I think Branham is a perfect fit, not just because he's an Ohio State guy, but they just need a guy who can kind of find a spot and create off the dribble. That's really all they're kind of missing in a wing. And that's exactly what he provides. So he's not really a point guard, but you know, the Cavs started three guys who were seven foot last season. So they do need somebody who's not seven foot. Um, that would be great. So. I think of Malachi Branham or Oche Agbaji. And that's not like a galaxy brain take by me. That's pretty much what everybody's saying. Um, so I'm not going to act like I'm making anything original over here, but that, I th- you know, if it's, if it's smacking you in the face, maybe figure it out, you know? Um, so also, I'm actually also I got really excited. I just want to point out, we can talk about this maybe on the next pod because it's right before the draft, but EJ Liddell worked out with the Warriors that would be an unbelievable fit for him. So that would be great. Um, yeah, there's a few teams that the, – the thing with me with NBA is like I don't really watch the NBA anymore. I never really got super into NBA, but since I've been covering college hoops, I've, I've learned a lot about kind of what NBA teams consider like translatable skills and what's not. Why do guys who like dominate like Luka Garza – People are like, eh, he might get drafted versus a guy like, um, trying to think of a good example, like Peyton Watson from UCLA, who like it scored like four points a game last season for UCLA, but is potentially a first rounder. Um, I'm, I've learned a lot about like what scouts considered to like translate well to the league. Um, and it's really, really fun when you see certain teams that you're like, oh, EJ Liddell worked out with so-and-so. And for some reason, you're just like, Oh my God, that would be so like, God, that would be delicious. Like adding EJ Liddell to Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond and fucking Jordan Poole, like they would plug him into so many different spots and he legitimately could be like a 35 to 40% three point shooter in the league still. Yeah. I and mean, we've talked about how the NBA just basically drafts off potential. I mean, you look at a guy like Shaden Sharp is a great example. He's, there's people that truly believe he might go number one in the draft and he didn't play a minute for Kentucky. You know, and there's a lot know, of. Play. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. When did he play? No, you said go number one in the draft, Shaden Sharp. 
I've seen I've seen people that think he should. I'm not saying he's going to. He's not going to. But I've seen people that think he should go number one. Number one is going to come down to either Ben Caro, Holger, uh, Chet, or Jabari Smith. But I've just seen people that think Shaden Sharp has the has the utility or whatever it's called uh, to go number one. He'll probably go number five or six. But still, he'll go top ten. And he didn't play a minute in college. But it's because of potential of what he can do. Um, I mean, you even look at why guys. We talk about this all the time. With it's the we use this for Dwayne Washington. Look at a guy like Jalen Brunson. Anybody who paid any attention to college basketball knew how good Jalen Brunson was. But he was old. So he fell in the draft and he went to the Mavs and you know now he's second playing great. Pick, yeah. yeah, second round. Jordan Poole is a decent example of that. I don't know why Jordan Poole fell so far, but he did. He was undrafted. So yeah, or was he second round? Regardless. Um so but a guy like that, he he's just always been a he's just a hooper. Like he just scores at every level. And then you put him on the Warriors. It's like, thanks. I appreciate that. It's like the Chiefs who get everybody, you know. Um, the rich get richer. So we just there's a lot of guys who, when you look at the when you they just they kind of get drafted off, like I said, potential and and what you believe. I mean, even a Jabari Smith at Auburn, there were times he did not look great at all, at all. But he's a six ten guy who can get to the lane. He can he's a three way scorer, you know, three level scorer. He's going to go top three. So it, it the NBA is very weird like that, I think. And that's why when people always criticize like why Malachi Branham came out or oh he didn't look like a lottery pick, they're not basing it off of everything he did at Ohio State. They're basing it off of what they think he can become. And Malachi Branham can right. become a very, very good player in the NBA. And I think he's going to be. Uh just FYI, Jordan Poole, after his sophomore year at Michigan, was the twenty eighth overall pick in the two thousand and 19 draft so he was a back end of the first round guy yeah and uh, i and i but when he was in michigan i thought he was i thought he was a lottery pick talent you know i got he was really he was really obnoxious when he was at michigan um and and sidebar the first round pick thing i see that a lot online and i don't i don't know if people like maybe they don't watch nba which i also don't watch nba but i still know this it's like i see a lot of people saying oh like ohio state has two first round picks and i can't believe that they got bounced in the second round and they had two first round picks on their team and it's like and there's like some truth to it but also this sounds dumb but i don't think it's i don't think it's dumb is it dumb to say you don't have to be a great college basketball player to be a first round nba draft pick is that a bad sentence no, that's absolutely that's that's completely accurate. Like hypothetically, if a team had Peyton Watson and um Jalen Williams from Arkansas, Jalen Williams is good but not great, and Peyton Watson was a bench warmer. If a team had those two guys as their two best players, they're probably not making the NCAA tournament. But they're first round NBA draft picks. So like I have yeah. seen people that have said it's crazy that Ohio State had two first round picks and they're not they didn't even make it on the second weekend again. That's crazy. And I I was thinking about it and I was like I don't know if it's a crazy sentence but I don't think you have to be that great in college to even be a first round pick because a lot of times the NBA scouts have circled you before your season even starts. Yeah, 100%. It also just goes back to my argument of context. Everything needs context everything deserves context and um 
you know, yes, is that an accurate statement? Ohio State had two first round draft picks, they didn't make it out of the second round. Yes. Is there still context needed to what happened throughout the season to them? Yes. Was Malachi Branham a first round pick in January? No. Like Malachi Branham became a first round pick in February. Guaranteed. In January, late January, people were like, well, this guy could be good. In February, it was like, oh, God, he's going to be first-round pick. And then March was like, oh, we're talking lottery now. So it wasn't like Malachi – Malachi Brandon was not supposed to be a one-and-done. Ohio State, again, thought they were going to have Dwayne Washington this season. They thought they were going to have Justice Suing this season. Like all of those things play a role into this. And let me promise you one thing. A starting lineup – and granted, it wouldn't really be true at this point because Brandon wouldn't be a first-round pick. But a starting lineup of what they thought they were going to have – which would have been Jamari Wheeler, Dwayne Washington, Justice Suing, uh, what's his head, DJ Littell, and, and Zed Key. That team doesn't lose in the second round. So, and Malachi Branham is your sixth man. So, it, it, like all that just. I, was, I also don't know how important defense really is to NBA scouts. Like, they want to see that a guy is like a clear, has a position. But I feel like when you look at Malachi Branham, it's like. He was not a good defensive player. I would say that on a scale of 1 to 10, his defense was like a 4 or a 5. And Ohio State was a bad defensive team. That was their major flaw, was that they were a bad, bad defensive team last year again. And Malachi Branham, for most of the time, contributed to that because he was not a good defensive player. So to say, oh, they had two first-round picks, it's like, well, their flaw wasn't that they weren't efficient scoring the basketball. It's that... They they all sucked at defense, including Malachi Branham, who you know his offense is is cash money, so he's going to get drafted high, and they'll figure out the defense once he gets to the league. They'll figure it out later. Well, that's the thing. What M- the thing NBA people look at in the draft is what you can't teach, right? And a lot of Malachi Branham's best traits are stuff you can't teach. The way he can get to his spot every single time down the floor, his motor, his energy. Same with Liddell. These are, those are like unteachable things. You can teach defense. He'll get better at defense. And again, that's why I like the Cavs. The Cavs are a good defensive team. Isaac Curl is a good defender. Uh, Garland's become getting better at defense. Mobley and Jared Allen are all defensive type guys. So, you know, Chetty was getting a little bit better at defense, a little bit. So you throw Malachi Branham on there, and you, you can kind of hide him a little better when it comes to defense, whereas in Ohio State, they're all they're just not a good defensive team. So all the bad defensive guys individually gets kind of singled out. So, and also get Malachi Branham on the Cavs will probably play 10 to 15 minutes next year. You know, it's not like he's going to play 25, 30 minutes a game. So he can, these are things you can learn. All the, all NBA teams want is youth. And that's a little bit changing because of guys like Jalen Brunson and guys like, um, oh, who, uh, Desmond Bain for Memphis is another one. So that's kind of changing, but they want youth. And they want things that you can't teach, and then they'll teach you the stuff later. And that's kind of where they're at. That's that's where that's why Branham is so enticing to guys, right? That's why someone like Johnny Davis. Like, that's why a guy like Peyton Watson at UCLA is absolutely going to get drafted after literally riding the bench all season for UCLA. It's because he was a five star recruit. He's got a high ceiling. He's young and talented, and teams see that he has a high ceiling that these things can be taught but he has all these intangibles and so much promise even though his college stats were not good but he potentially could be a first round pick i just i just thought i'd say that because i i see the whole like oh they had two first round picks and it will be the first time they've had two draftees in 15 years at ohio state so that's a really big deal 
Um, but it's, uh, you know, being good at college basketball does not necessarily equal being a good NBA uh, prospect and vice versa. Like you could kind of stink in college and an NBA team will be like, it's okay. We see a lot of good stuff. We're still going to take him. Yeah. I mean, the NFL does it too with guys like Josh Rosen. Everything about Josh Rosen was supposed to be good, but he didn't really play that well at UCLA. But they were like, oh, but he could be good. And then he got to the league and they're like, oh, he still sucks. So, you know, and also let's be very honest when it comes to like Chris Holtman at this point, it's just so divisive of a fan base with what they think about him that there's just people that are going to say, oh, well, they had two first round picks and they didn't go to the second round of the tournament. If they don't have two first round picks, it's going to be, oh, Chris Holtman can't develop anybody. So it's just, you know, people are just going to, until they get to Sweet 16 or win a Big Ten championship or whatever, people are going to have their opinions. That's fine. Um, but that's, you know, it's, it's, there are people that are going to twist every single thing into a negative. So that's kind of where I we're mean, at. I mean, they could have like, what, it's like, what if this season's team, um, you know, they have a lot of, of different switchable pieces on this team and they've added like Isaac Likely as a, as a very good, versatile defender. They have a couple good defenders in this team. Like, what happens if Ohio State, ends up with a similar record this season as last season like they come in fifth or sixth place in the big 10 and then they go on a little run and make a sweet 16 will people be like oh this was a better team than last year like hell no last year's team had way more talent but it just goes to show you that you know a team that doesn't have a draft pick can make a sweet 16 and a team that has two first round picks might not make it out of the second round because being good in college doesn't necessarily uh correlate to being a high uh, a draft pick. But anyway, <clears throat> losing my voice a little bit. Um, I'm writing an article right now. So if you're listening, you get a little sneak peek where I'm kind of keeping track of the different mock drafts so I can run through real quick and tell you exactly where Malachi is going. Um, and unfortunately, it's a lot of these mock drafts, Justin, are saying that the Cavs are not going to take him at 14. <laughs> like he'll fall past the Cavs? I don't see that happening. But I mean, yeah, like like the Cavs zero. will choose. Yeah, like there are a lot of these mock drafts are saying that the Cavs will not take him at fourteen; they'll take somebody else. So right, throw me, throw me who the Cavs are taking real quick. I'll tell you if yes or no. Well, I have to hold on. I didn't put all the the whole mock draft in my article, oh. but I can pull them up. I I just have Malachi and EJ in the article, but I can pull it up. Give me a second here. All right, so Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated has. Taken quite a long time to load on my computer, so give me a second here. Sounds like Sports Illustrated. Yeah, shout out Kevin Sweeney. Please fix your website. Um, but we do need to get you back on the pod soon. Cavaliers at number 14, taking Osman Dang forward from the New Zealand Breakers in France, and then the Charlotte Hornets take Malachi Brandon at 15 right after. Yeah, not going to act like I watched the Breakers this season. I'm aware of them, but I'm not going to act like I know who that is, so... <laughs> and then sure. that one has that one has EJ Liddell going 19 overall, so three spots behind Branham to the Timberwolves. That's a really good fit. But all right, next one. CBS Sports has Malachi Branham at number 20 to the San Antonio Spurs, which is actually the lowest that I've seen Branham in any mock draft. They have him at 20 to the Spurs, and EJ Liddell <clears throat> number 23. To the Brooklyn Nets. Have fun, EJ. <laughs> Which, if uh, Malachi dropped all the way to 20... I'd be stunned. Uh, but Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich would have a heart attack. That'd be yeah. crazy. I'd, yeah, I'd be stunned. Um, but, you know, again, the risk... CBS, has, CBS Sports has 
the Cavs taking Wisconsin guard Johnny Davis with pick number 14. I don't think he falls that yeah, far. Yeah, I'd be completely okay with that, but I do not think he will fall that far. Um, the Athletic has Mel Cabranham going with pick 16 to the Atlanta Hawks, and EJ falling all the way to pick number 32 with the Orlando Magic, which I don't think EJ is going to fall to pick 32 after how well he did at the Combine. Yeah, he's only – in most mock drafts, he's moving up, not down. So that's interesting. Which we'll talk about in a second. And they have the – oh, the Athletic also has Cleveland taking Wisconsin guard Johnny Davis with pick number 14. You said that, but cool. <laughs> no, that's a second one. Oh, back that's another one. I got you. Okay, I got you. Here. Yeah, CBS and Athletic has – yeah, they both have that. Um, Tankathon has Branham number 16 to the Atlanta Hawks as well. Liddell number 23 – to the 76ers and they have the Cavs taking that guy from the New Zealand Breakers again. All right. So that guy apparently people like. I don't again like I said I'm not going to act like I watched the Breakers this year but people would be so pissed in Ohio if they took a New Zealand player instead of Malachi Branham. Um well that's that's Cavs 101. They draft guys who they did this with the Sexton, they did this with Garland, they did this with Mobley. Cavs Twitter if they don't know who it is cuz they don't watch college basketball, they get really mad about it. They hated all those picks. Don't let them tell you anything different. So they would hate that pick. <laughs> NBA, NBA, I would hate that pick. That's not the fun. That's not that's not the fun. Plot. That's not the sexy um, pick. That's not the sexy pick. No, that that doesn't make me happy, and I don't even like the Cavs. Um, NBA Draft Net has Malachi Branham number fifteen to the Charlotte Hornets. EJ Liddell number thirty-one to the Indiana Pacers, where he would team up with Dwayne Washington Jr. and lose to Oral Roberts. Oh, too soon. Yeah, mute this guy. Um, and they have Cleveland taking Dyson Daniels, a G League guard who I've never heard of. I, I do know. I do know who Dyson Daniels is. I've watched a little bit of him, but not a lot. Let's see what else we got here. All right, Yahoo. This is a fun one. Malachi Branham with pick number ten to the Wizards, and EJ Adele with pick number twenty-four to the Bucks. Which I think that EJ to the Bucks would be a really good fit too. I would feel bad sending Malachi to the Wizards though. I would, but I do think that could be if he doesn't get to fourteen, that could be where he goes. It, it makes a lot of at, sense at ten, yeah. Um, and then they have Yahoo has the Cavs taking LSU sophomore Tari Eason. Yeah, Tari Eason's the third guy I was kind of mentioning that has picked up a lot of steam. Kind of after the combine, I just don't want. I don't think the Cavs need another big guy, and he's not huge. He's more of a. He's kind of more he's, of. A, he, yeah, he's like six nine, two twenty. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not a, huge, but I, I think they need a wing slash guard, not wing slash forward. And then this is the one that you will like. Bleacher Report yeah. has the Cavaliers taking Malachi Branham with the fourteenth pick, and EJ Liddell. Going pick 25 to the San Antonio Spurs, which I also, which he would then team up with Kata Bates Diop, which I also would love. I think EJ with the Spurs would also be a really good fit. Yeah, I've always been a big Bleacher Report guy. This just confirms my theory. <laughs> um, so I think what we're seeing, what I'm seeing at least, and again, this is all going to be an article that should run either Thursday or Friday if you want to go see these uh, mock drafts yourself. I'm going to link them all in the article. Um it looks like uh, Malachi is kind of settling somewhere between like picks 10 and 16. So either at the back end of the lottery or right in the middle of the first round. And it looks like <clears throat> EJ after the combine has actually jumped up a little bit 
because early on it looked like he might slide to the second round. Now he could go as high as pick like 19 or 20. Um, I think that he impressed people at the combine. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he had the highest vertical leap out of everybody at the combine um, with like his shot blocking skills and stuff. Um, the way he jumps, uh, so that was very impressive. I know he weighed in at like 245, which I think is a little bit heavier than what he was his senior year. Um, but everything is pointing to him going somewhere between 20 and 30, which means he would be joining a contending team. Which would be, I think, the best fit for him. And like we can get to the game after I say this, but um, you know – Everything about Liddell, you kind of figured he was going to improve after the combine because those are like the measurables. And when it comes to the measurables, EJ Liddell, he's literally an athletic freak. <laughs> so you only you only figured it was going to probably benefit him. So um, my, uh, Mike Schmitz is one of my is like if you follow the NBA draft, Mike Schmitz is the guy. He's just he's just the dude. He knows everything. He's a he's he's he is the guy to follow. Um, he loves EJ Liddell. He, I mean. And he just got – he also loves Malachi Branham. He just got a job with the Timberwolves. I believe it was the Timberwolves. He's got a job in somebody's front office. So it would be interesting to see kind of if he if he goes after one of those one of those guys because he talked very highly of, of Malachi Branham and of E.J. Liddell when he was interviewing him when they were going through the combine. So it would be really interesting to see kind of if, if he uses that new front office role to maybe go after um, – maybe go after one of those two. Um, so we'll see, but who knows? EJ, EJ kind of sounds like trailblazers. Sorry, trailblazers. Oof, that'd be a tough, that'd be kind of a tough situation. Um, seriously, he seems like a very EJ seems like here, here's my, my bold prediction. So I don't, I don't think that EJ is going to drop to the second round because I think that he's a very safe pick. Um, I put this in the article too. Um, I don't think he has any a like a plus skills except maybe shot blocking that he's going to bring. But he has a ton of like B B plus skills, like rebounding, uh, perimeter shooting, mid range shooting. Um, he's doing much better handling the basketball now. Um, so I feel like a really good contending team at the back end of the first round, if they get to like pick 24, 25, 26, and you're like, oh shit, like EJ Liddell is still sitting here. Like he's probably never going to be an NBA All Star, but he'll probably have a long career as like a solid contributor. Somebody will take him at the back end of the first round. Versus Malachi, I wouldn't be blown away if somebody reaches and takes him at like pick nine or ten. And I don't think that anybody would question it and be like, oh, that's a reach. Everybody's going to be like, ooh, that's a really interesting pick. Yeah. I, yeah, it will be uh, – the draft is two weeks from you guys hearing this. So um, definitely will be interesting for Ohio State fans to watch. And as Cavs fan to watch, because I think we might get Malachi Branham. So that'd be fun. The mailbag question that we got that we thought was worth addressing was rank the returning Big Ten players um, 1 to 10. So we both made a list, and I don't know about you, but I also included transfers coming in, because if there's a really good transfer... I have to, I have to include them among the best players. I did, but I only have one because <laughs> there's only one that I think um, I'm I can guarantee will transfer. So transfer yeah, well, transfer well, well. Do you want to go first? Probably the same. Yeah, I can go first. I'll just roll through real quick. I'll go ten to one. I just think yeah, that's always I more agree. fun. 
Uh, 10, I actually have a tie just because I didn't know how to put it. Um, Caleb McConnell and, Bo- and Boo Booey from – I'm, I'm much big, higher on Boo Booey than a lot of people are. I do think he's a good guard. I think he's a great guard. I do think he's a good guard. Also, just clarification, both these guys will be knocked out of my list if Pete Nance returns to a, top, to a Big Ten team. Just saying, if he returns to Northwestern or goes to Michigan, whatever the case may be, Pete Nance would be on that list. So, Nine is Race Thompson. Uh, I think – Indiana had one of the best front courts in the country last year, and they both came back. So eight is AJ Hogard. He'll take a big step for Michigan State this year. Uh, seven is Jalen Pickett. I I've been very vocal. I love Jalen Pickett. I think Penn State is putting together a really good team in a year where the Big Ten might be a little bit down, um, and they are definitely something to watch with Jalen Pickett running it. Six, I went just to suing. I do think suing has first team All Big Ten kind of talent. We'll just have to see how he is after his injury. Five is my one transfer. I took Terrence Shannon. I mean, there's no reason to think Shannon – he was one of the best transfers in the portal. There's no reason to think he won't be fantastic um, for for Illinois. Right, Illinois? Yeah. I always keep getting that confused. Four is Jameson Battle from Minnesota. I think he's kind of the guy that, like, if you didn't follow college basketball closely, you don't know who he is, but he will jump out next season. He will be that guy yeah. that kind of takes a huge step. Uh, similar, I don't think as big, but kind of a Keegan Murray type thing. Speaking of Keegan Murray, at three, I have Chris Murray, who I think will take a Keegan Murray type jump. Uh, two, I have Hunter Dickinson, and one, I have Trace Jackson Davis. I think the one and two are obvious. It just depends on where you put them. So that's my ten. Uh, we have. Let me let me look here. We have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of our ten guys are the same. Actually, nice. I think it wasn't, um, uh, to be very honest, and I could be wrong, it wasn't the hardest list to put together. I, I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. And like I said, I didn't not, include too yeah. many transfers. Like, a guy, I think a guy like Tanner Holden could be on this list. I just, I don't know how he's going to translate. Um, so there's a couple guys. Uh, Cam Winter could be on this list for Penn State, but I don't know how he's going to translate, stuff like that. So we'll see. Yeah, I would you know, see not on this list is Patrick McCaffrey. I've seen him on people's lists, so take him off. Um. All right, so yeah, we have pretty similar. So at number ten, I have Justice Suing. At number nine, I have Cliff Amore from Rutgers, their center. He was like twelfth um, for me. I, I almost. I put think him he's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Boo Booey at number eight. Ooh, another I also Boo think Booey guy. I, I think that Boo Booey was actually really good last year too, and. People just because Northwestern sucked, um, but he was very good last year. At seven, I have Seth Lundy from Penn State, um, who I think was a very good player last year and will continue to be a very good player. I have Terrence Shannon at six. I have Zach Eady at five, even though he looks like he doesn't like basketball. Um, he looks like somebody's like forcing him to go out there and play. I feel bad for him sometimes, but he's he's good. Zach Eady at five. Jameson Battle at four. Chris Murray at three, Hunter Dickinson at two, and Trace Jackson Davis at one. Um, so we had pretty similar. I think the main thing we, we notice is that only one Ohio State player um, that's Justice Suing, and he honestly barely made it on the list for me. Yeah, and I don't think that's a huge deal, to be honest. Um, the sum is greater than the the, the equal parts, or the, the you know how the saying goes. I can't think straight today, but... Um, if you fool me once, 
Yeah. Well, also, I, I did I did see like that top 100 list that came out from like that random Twitter user that didn't have an Ohio State player in the top 100. Please don't look at that list. Patrick McCaffrey was on that list. Please don't look at that list. Patrick McCaffrey is not a top 100 player in the college basketball. <laughs> I I didn't see that list, but I'm, I mean, I'm glad I didn't. It's not a good list. Um, it's a bad list. <laughs> and, and a list like that, like it's inevitably going to be bad. Ranking the top 100 players in college basketball is damn near impossible. Um, so, you know, yeah. Um, last thing we're going to do is we're going to put Justin on the spot, and this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so there are over <laughs> – excuse me. Um, there are over 800 basketball players still in the transfer portal. Most Power 5 programs have their lineup set. So you have the whole – is the grass always greener on the other side? I don't know. There's a lot of players. Most of them were like guys who rode the bench who are still looking for a home. And these spots are running out. So I, I don't know how this is going to work for a lot of these guys. A lot of them, and you've seen it, have been returning to the team that they already played on because they can't find a spot that's going to be any better. Um, so we're going to do transfer portaler or U.S. congressman. I am going to read a name, and Justin is going to tell me if he thinks that that player is a college basketball player who is currently in the transfer portal looking for a home, or if it is a U.S. congressman. And then I will tell him that he's wrong. This is going to put my lack of sports knowledge and politics on blast, so this is going to be great. And I mean, there's like hundreds and hundreds of people in the House of Representatives. So, yeah. um, listen, let's, let's, let's not do hundreds. <laughs> if you get it wrong, I'll tell you, um, like where they're from. Okay, so let's okay. take a look here. Um, I'm ready. Okay, John Carter. I mean, that has to be a U.S. congressman, but it's probably a basketball player. But I'll go congressman. That John Carter is. A congressman in Texas's 31st district. So there you go. You got that one right. Um, right. Let's go. Do, 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 do. There's probably a John Carter in the transfer portal, to be honest. <laughs> let's go with Jake Elsey. That's a basketball player. That is a congressman in Texas, Texas's 6th district. Big Texas okay. fan, huh? All right, so I'm one for two. Uh, I'll pay attention to how down. Um, How about Daryl Jordan? You've gone two congressmen in a row, so... Logic would just dictate that it's a basketball player. I'll say basketball player. Daryl Jordan is a sophomore small forward from Jackson State. So yes. you're did not catch one. Jackson State this season, but <laughs> I am, I um, let's go. Um, hmm, let's find another good name here. All right, we'll go with. All right, Gerald Nadler. Congressman. That is a congressman. Congressman from New York's ninth district. All right. So you're okay. You're you're hot right now. You're you're hitting it right now. Um. All right. How about Percy Miller? Percy Miller. Percy Miller. Miller with an H. Percy Miller. Who names their kid Percy? Okay. I hope that's a family name. Um. Uh, I'll go basketball player. Hersey Miller is a sophomore point guard transferring out of Xavier. Um, really? 
Yes, and he I went to. <laughs> and he went to. He went to the same high school and was a teammate of Chet Holmgren. Oh my! At Minnehaha Academy in Minneapolis. Yeah, I know so, Holmgren was from Minneapolis. I must. He must not have played at all because I watched a good amount of Xavier this year. Yeah, I'm guessing not. Um, we'll do. Uh, let's see a good another good one here. Um, do, 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 do. I'm also I'm trying right, to answer, about, I'm trying to answer them quick so I can prove like I'm not googling them or anything because I'm not. But yeah, how about Donnie Tillman? That's a congressman. Donnie Tillman is a senior forward from New Mexico State. I should have guessed. I'm a big New Mexico State fan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> how about? Do, 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 um, what am I? I'm four and two. One. Yeah, I'm four and two. Yeah, you're yeah you're you're hitting them That's right now. It's not bad. Um. All right. How about? How about Isaiah Chandler? That's that's uh, that's a basketball player. That is a basketball player. He is a junior center from Omaha. All right, you're, you're hitting it. We'll do. Oh, uh, we'll I actually do, do that one because I when I yeah Omaha. I lived in Omaha. <laughs> we'll do. Uh, okay. We'll do three more. We got um, shout out to Frankie Fiddler at Omaha U. I covered him in Bellevue West. All right. How about how about Donald Payne Jr. Congressman. That is a congressman from New Jersey's 10th <laughs> district. Oh, my God. A lot better than I thought it would. A lot He's of these just guesses, right I'm going to be honest. All right, two more. How about – It'd be, it'd be a we'll way go. more impressive if I was saying, like, where they were from, which I, I've not done yet. So, How about – let's see if I can get him on one here. Let's go with uh, – how about hmm, – let me find a good one here. All right, how about Warren Davidson? Basketball player. He is a U.S. congressman from Ohio's 8th district. Ooh, that's a that bummer. Is an, that is an Ohio congressman. <laughs> that is my congressman. Oh, well, yeah, I want to look and see actually what uh, – Oh, God, what I, hope area he's not, he, I hope he's not my congressman. That would be a bummer. Where is Ohio's 8th congressional district? Hold on. Let me see if that's your guy. No, he's between Cincinnati and Dayton. He couldn't be further from okay, me. Okay, okay, so okay. That's, that's good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, last guy will do. Um, um, Colton Mitchell. Basketball player. That is a point guard from UMass. So yeah, I think I've, you got I've, I've heard that name before. I was seven and three. I think you got six out of ten. I think I got seven, maybe six. Okay. That was uh, – I was trying to throw you with an Ohio congressman, but I didn't want to give like a really easy one like Jim Jordan. Like, oh. I still probably wouldn't have known. Oh, wait. That's that. I do know who that is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that is it. Justin um, – I passed. passed. He passed his civics test here. Um, but the point is there are so many players still in the transfer portal that are probably just going to end up going back to their original schools because there's only so many spots at power five schools. And a lot of these guys are going to end up probably going back to where they played previously. Yeah. Uh, the transfer portal is weird. And uh, unfortunately it, it kind of, it, it's, it's kind of a concept of like, I, I don't know. It's kind of like you said, I think people always kind of assume that, uh, that the grass is green on the other side and sometimes it's not. And you know, Sometimes it is. I don't know. I think the transfer portal portal is very enticing 
for players. And I think that's a lot of the reason that we see them take it because it is kind of like their first, like, I don't know, I guess recruiting is kind of like free agency, but it's kind of, it is kind of like a free agency kind of, and I think people just like new things, you know? So we'll see. I don't know. Hope all these people find homes, even if it's their old homes and succeed in whatever they're doing. Yeah, join us next week for NASCAR driver or basketball assistant coach <laughs> when we just dig up all white men. <laughs> um, that'll, that'll do it for us today. If you're finding us on landgrantholyland.com, make sure to also subscribe. Uh, wherever you get your music and podcasts, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever you use. Yeah, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, at the Twitter account uh, is Bucketheads LGHL or something like that. Yeah, obviously our main account is LandGrant33. If you want to catch everything we do with football season coming up, there's a lot of great podcasts that we do hang out in the Holy Land, buck off, uh, a lot of great football content, I'm sure. If you're a Ohio State basketball fan, you probably at least pay some attention to the football team. Um, so... My Twitter is Justin underscore Golba, I think. Uh, if you want to give me a follow, feel free as well. Connor, what are you? Where are you? What's your Twitter? And then if you guys want to follow me, you can follow me at Lamons, which is L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor. Uh, sorry for the delay a couple weeks. Feeling better. We should be back on every two weeks now until the season starts up again. So thanks for listening. And have a good rest of your week and weekend. Go Bucks. Go Bucks.